Chuck Norris cured my hypochondria. Yes, I'm serious. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of philelmore.com and themartialist.net. I am your host, the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Let's see how many times I can mention my name. I touched on this in an episode of my Surviving the News News and Politics uh, podcast, and if you're not subscribed to Surviving the News, it is available on all the same platforms that uh, the Martial Arts Podcast is available on, at least as far as I know. If I'm missing one, feel free to let me know. Uh, But I I touched on this there, and I wanted to give it uh, a full airing in terms of telling you the story. Uh, Fun fact about me, I used to be a hypochondriac. A hypochondriac is someone who is worried all the time about unfounded and irrational fears of getting sick. You might think it's a little bizarre to live that way, considering that we all die, and uh, every single one of us will. Everyone listening to this podcast will die. Um, I hope there's not a correlation. (laughs) But the fact is, it is very easy to forget One of my favorite little talismans is a Memento Mori coin. I have a few of them, actually. And the thing about Memento Mori is it's a reminder that you will die. People forget that the flip side of that, in this case, quite literally, uh, the obverse of of you will die is that remember to live for that reason. Uh, Because you're going to die, you, you can't forget to live your life. And it's very easy when you're just struck with irrational fear of getting sick uh, to become uh, almost unable to live your life. I was always highly functional. Uh, functionable? I was always highly functional as a hypochondriac. It never stopped me from being able to function in my life. But there were a lot of times when, while I looked okay on the outside, inside I was worrying obsessively about things. Um, the problem started probably somewhere in uh, late high school or uh, certainly when I was in college and grew worse while I was in my early 20s. Um, I was obsessed with the idea of uh, you know, the things that could be lurking inside me that I wouldn't know about. I couldn't touch door handles or gas pumps without wearing gloves. Um, uh, you know, I was very concerned if anyone ever breathed on me. It was. I, I've been rewatching the series Monk, uh, starring Tony Shalhoub recently, and you know it's a fairly conventional murder mystery show where co- people are constantly dying around this guy. Uh, don't be anywhere near Adrian Monk; someone's going to die, and certainly don't be a guest star on that show because you're probably the killer. Uh, but you know, it's it's a harmless show. It's kind of fun and, and entertaining, and his hypochondria is extreme his obsession his obsessive compulsiveness is extreme and i i suffer i suffered from a certain amount of obsessive compulsiveness in conjunction with what was diagnosed as a a generalized anxiety disorder at the time which i'm since free of um so the generalized anxiety disorder would express itself as a kind of hypochondria about other things so let's say i drove through an intersection and i hit a pothole I would become obsessed with the idea that it wasn't a pothole. Maybe I hit a person or or an animal or something, and I've left the scene of an incident. And I, there have been times when I would even go back and check the intersection out again, circle back, and make sure there was no one lying dead in the street, and I would get really obsessed. There was one time where I drove the wrong way on a one-way street, like a little side street up by the hospital where I didn't realize. And no one was even there. It was early in the morning. No one saw. No one cared. And I drove home 
convinced that the police were going to show up on my door and arrest me for having uh, you know, done this horrible crime. So the hypochondria was sort of branching out into other aspects of my life that had nothing to do with health. And it, the trajectory of that would have become an actual mental illness had I not done something about it. I spoke with a, uh, I think he was a psychologist, not a psychiatrist. And I believe the distinction between a psychologist and a psychiatrist is that one can uh, prescribe drugs and the other cannot. I believe that's the distinction. Um, and this guy, he was he was really good. He you know he he laid laid down a lot of things. He he planted a lot of seeds that would come to fruition later. At the time, I didn't realize he was helping me to see what I was doing. Later on, some of the things he said would come back to me. So he would explain, "Look, you're catastrophizing. You're making lists of all these terrible things." that are sort of rooted in possibilities in reality, but are so far stretched from reality that they're ridiculous. Yes, it is a fact that people sometimes get in legal trouble for things that happen to them on the road. No, it is not the case that, that the police are going to hunt you down for this minor infraction, this minor traffic infraction, and on and on and on. So it would be a while before you know, talking to this guy, and I only talked to him a few times. Uh, for one thing, that stuff's expensive especially when it's not covered by insurance, because as far as anyone knew, there was nothing wrong with me officially. Um, so uh, at some point, I got into the martial arts for the first time in a long time. I took karate in college, uh, and then there was a gap of some years, and then I started taking Wing Chun Kung Fu uh, and got in on the ground floor. Like The teacher had just opened up the school, so I was one of a few students who were sort of part of the the very beginning of that that school there were only a couple of students who'd been with him longer who came over from when he was using guest space at somebody else's school and that started uh the beginning of true sort of martial arts competence where i actually started to learn how to fight like karate was fun and taught me that i could do something physical even though i'd always thought that i couldn't but let's be honest karate pretty basic stuff uh, at least as taught, you know, like I, I took Chidoquan Karate at Alfred University. And then I was part of the Alfred Karate Club. Um, and, and while it was, you know, these were fine teachers and it was a good martial art, I wouldn't say that I came out of that experience as a really competent fighter in a self-defense uh, perspective. For one thing, I, I was only a beginner. I was only a yellow belt when I when I left that, that school. I probably was getting close to testing for, I think it was green. But, you know, I was an amateur. I didn't really have competence. When I started taking Wing Chun was when I started really learning how to defend myself practically. And then that touched off what for me was kind of a martial arts renaissance where I started doing all kinds of training. I started taking seminars. I started taking tactical seminars. I started working for a company where I was interviewing subject matter experts in self-defense and survival. And through the networking of that, I ended up lucking into more training. Uh, and so for a period of a number of years in my uh, late 20s and 30s, I was just training constantly. And then I started training in the in the martial arts system of Willem Readers that would eventually become the system I got my instructor level rank in. Well, a funny thing happens while you're doing all that. When you become more confident in your ability to protect yourself, you become more confident in other aspects of your life where it is not applicable uh, and by that, I mean, I used to be the sort of person who got pushed around at work. I, uh, when I worked for my father, who was a very 
My, my father was a very skilled technical writer, and I worked for his technical writing company. But he treated me in ways that you could not treat an employee, an actual person off the street, because you'd get sued. You know, if I got something wrong on the job, I wasn't just a bad employee. I was a bad son. And my father was a very unreasonable man in that way until later in his life when he kind of lost that edge and sort of became incapable of making decisions. I don't know. I... My personal theory is that years of taking anxiety drugs because he had trouble dealing with the stress of his own running his own business. I think uh, I think eventually that stress got to him and the drugs did something and he just became a different person. Uh, he made a lot of questionable decisions in the latter half of his life. But uh, at the time, he was just an absolute hard ass. And when I went to work for another company and leveraged my experience and my training as a technical writer to do more technical writing, Weirdly enough, the boss at that company, it was a it was a private company, you know, a sole proprietorship, and he ran that place like a like an angry monarch, and he reminded me a lot of my father. And I used to let him get away with it. I used to let him get away with being a jerk uh, and being domineering because I just thought, well, you know, I have to have this job. I have to keep this job. I've since, many years later, learned that I can get more jobs than I know what to do with. Like, it's easy to get other jobs, especially when you have my level of experience now. It's relatively easy to get a job compared to when I was earlier in my career. Uh, and I'll, I'll get to that. So as I was learning to become more confident, the the martial arts were giving me a personal confidence that has nothing to do with the real world. And what I mean is, you know, when you're in a conference room with a bunch of people in a business setting, you're not going to start beating them up. You're not going to fight them. But something about knowing that I could gave me the confidence to stand up for myself in a way that I wouldn't have before. And people started behaving differently around me, and I didn't understand why. And I used to work in this office. I used to work next to a young lady who did graphic design. I She was really nice. I liked her a lot. She was fun to talk to. She was a nice person. And I once said something about how people were behaving differently around me. And she said, wait, you don't know? I said, what? What don't I know? And I'm like, what, are they firing me? What's going on? She's like, you don't, you don't get it? Uh, you, you used to be a pushover, and now you're not. And that makes some people really uncomfortable. I've watched it happen. And, I, and in that way, that is, it's very fascinating to hear yourself described by someone else from the outside. I was absolutely fascinated. I'm like, What? And come to find out uh, that I was becoming a much more confident, competent, capable person purely based on the martial arts, even though I never saw martial arts as a vehicle for like self-development or self-improvement. I just saw it as a way of acquiring the physical skills to protect myself. And so the martial arts, and, and I say Chuck Norris cured my hypochondria, obviously that's, I'm joking in a way because I've never trained with Chuck Norris. I was, however, on the editorial staff of WorldNet Daily when Chuck Norris was also on the editorial staff of, of WorldNet Daily. He used to write columns for WND News and so did I. So Chuck Norris and I are actually co-workers, even though we've never met and never talked. And I once worked with a fellow who claimed to have sparred with Chuck Norris in person in, in some context, uh, or maybe even competed against him. But I don't, I've never known if he was telling me the truth or not. He certainly believed it. He seemed like he did. Anyway, so that confidence translated in my ability to shake off my irrational fears of everything. And one day came the day when I looked at a public door handle. I think it was like a Barnes & Noble. And I used to have a hard time touching door handles. I would pull my sleeve down so I didn't have to touch them, or I'd wear gloves. Driving gloves were great for that sort of thing. Uh, 
Well, I looked at that handle. I said, you know what? I'm going to touch that door handle, and then I'm going to wipe my hand on my pants, and everything's going to be okay. And that was the moment that everything changed, because after that, after I faced down that fear, all of my other irrational fears started to ebb away. There was a moment when they all came flooding back for about 20 minutes. I was at a training class where we were doing, um, this was one of those classes that takes place at a shooting range, and there's a live fire component where you're actually shooting targets and stuff. But there was other training that was not involving live fire that had to do with uh, disarms and preventing people from taking your gun away from you. And so we had blue guns. We had I had a, a Glock blue gun that I would bring to these classes along with my live Glock 19, and they would all fit in the same holster. So I'm training to stop someone from taking my gun, and I'm training to take his gun and vice versa. All of a sudden, I look down at my hand, and my hand is covered in blood. And it's because my training partner, who was a little, a, kind of an older man, the skin of his hands was quite fragile. And something about the trigger guard of the blue gun or something on the gun ripped open his hand. So he bled all over his hand and all over mine. And at the height of my hypochondria, of course, you know, what is more terrifying than bloodborne diseases like HIV and stuff like that? So I had a moment, I had to go into the bathroom at, that, at the facility there at the shooting range and wash my hands and kind of look in the mirror and talk myself down that, that I was going to be okay. And, you know, the, my training partner did not help. He's like, well, you know, I've been a, I was tested when I was working in Africa and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so I kind of freaked out for like 20 minutes, but I was able to talk myself back down. And that was the moment I knew that I really didn't have this problem anymore, that, that the martial arts had cured me in kind of an indirect way. The confidence is what cured me. But it was martial arts that taught me that confidence. And it made a difference in all aspects of my life. One of the most terrifying phone calls I ever got was from a friend who called me up and said, Hey, Phil Elmore, I'm divorced because of you. And I said, What? <laughs> well, I had put out a booklet on the philosophy of martialism, which is basically just my little pamphlet on being confident. It was the kind of the driving philosophy behind the martialist.net, the website that I set up devoted to self-defense. Um, and he had read that pamphlet, and he was reading some of my other writings, and he was becoming more confident. And I, simultaneously, was becoming more confident as I was writing these things and kind of putting them down on paper. You know, writers tend to do this. We tend to think out loud in that way. Ironically enough, though, uh, I experienced much the same thing. You start losing friends when you become more confident. It started with people I knew online. It eventually would subsume some people that I knew in real life. Uh, because when you become a more confident person, there are people who are happy to be your friend as long as they feel like they are the, let's call it the alpha in the friend group. As long as they feel like they're somehow above you, have more authority over you, are somehow in charge in that social interaction, they are happy to be your friend. When that balance shifts, they become uncomfortable. And suddenly, you know, they're not happy with you. They're not happy with things you say. They're angry. They're resentful. Uh, and so you will lose friends. Uh, this person who contacted me had become more confident and it enabled him to confront the fact that his wife was basically a cheating whore. So things didn't work out for them. And uh, ultimately it was because he became more confident. So confidence is double-edged. It makes you better able to face your own fears. It makes you a better person, makes you more confident and functional as a human being. But you will lose some weak-minded people along the way. There is no getting around that. Also, and, and here's the point I'm making, it makes you in very big danger of getting fired. 
because when you become more confident, you become less willing to accept being mistreated. And if you are being mistreated and you stand up for yourself, well, if you're not willing to back down, there is a chance you'll lose a job. My philosophy on that now is that if I were to lose a job, I'd be grateful. I'm like, well, I guess I'll sleep in tomorrow. I don't have to do this stuff. And then I would immediately go find another job or two because I can. I have that ability. And now with jobs more and more being remote, uh, that's easier to do than ever before. Um, I also have the ability to do freelance work, so I could easily hang out my shingle on Upwork. I have an account there. Upwork used to be called Elance, which in my opinion was a better name. And, and it's freelance work for people who can work remotely on a variety of things like graphic design and technical writing and things like that. So I've always had the ability to make money off the sweat of my brain. Cash flow becomes an issue, like knowing that you have future money coming doesn't help you if you don't have any reserves to fall back on and there are bills that are due right now. So it does, uh, you do have to plan ahead for these things so you have multiple streams of income so that if one of them fails, you're not completely left high and dry. Uh, that's a fact, and it's something that I've come to live with as a working writer, that you always have to be on the lookout for stuff like that. But the upside to that, the increased confidence that allows me to go, eh, you're not going to mistreat me. I, I had an interaction with, with one of the people that I do work for. Um, he was uh, complaining about something, and I said something in response. He's like, well, this isn't, this isn't a disciplinary call. I said, well, good, because if it was, I would just quit. And I think it was clear, I'm like, you know, we're doing this for mutual benefit. The second you start mistreating me, we're done. I, I can go do something else, gladly. Um, so not only did Chuck Norris, and by that I mean the martial arts, cure my hypochondria, it made me more confident as a person, it made me a more functional human being, and it made me better able to face everything. And then there comes a time in every man's life when he must face all of his fears. And for me, all of that happened all at once. I had all kinds of stuff happen to me. I, I ended up uh, just facing a variety of things that I had long feared, losing my job and having financial problems and all kinds. Of, I was briefly homeless during that period of time. I know what it's like to sleep in your car overnight uh, because you have literally nowhere to go. Um, I, I was staring down the barrel of losing everything. And I, I'm, I told myself, this will never happen again. I will never allow this to happen again. And that's when I started developing my freelance work so I would have multiple streams of income. And it all goes back to confidence. You have to have the confidence to take those risks, to step out on your own, to start businesses, to tell yourself, I'm going to make money. There's nothing stopping me from making money. And it's a very different mindset from the, I have the one job that I go to. If I lose that one job, everything's in question and I have to find another one job. You know, like I couldn't claim uh, unemployment now if I tried. I did. I was on unemployment briefly when I lost my job uh, during that period of time where everything went to hell. And after that, I'm like, this is never going to happen again. Um, so I, I went out and I now make enough money on the side that I wouldn't be able to collect unemployment if I did lose any of the jobs I'm currently working. Uh, and it's just as well because I had a really bad, ex <clears throat> excuse me, had a really bad experience with unemployment. Uh, I was placed in a program that was meant to help me to find new work something that not everyone has to do. So some people, they just file their thing and they collect their money and they do whatever. I had to report to some training where they were going to help me with my resume. And some dude who'd been doing resumes for all of six months sat down with me and he was going to tell me, here's how we improve your resume. And I did that Nick Offerman thing. I looked at him and I said, I know more than you. And then I showed him my resume and it was clear there was nothing he could do to help me. And I'm sitting in these insulting little training sessions where then I find out not everyone has to do this. Like I'm special somehow along with these other people. 
And everyone got really uncomfortable because I had kind of a bad attitude about it. I was already mad about having lost my job. Um, so eventually I got called for an interview and I left and I never came back. And I, I told myself, this is never, I'm never doing this. I'm never going to be dependent on someone else. Uh, and that too is confidence, making sure that you rely on you. Fundamentally, self-defense is the acknowledgement that you are responsible for your own uh, your own upkeep, your own maintenance, your own protection, your own survival. Like lots of people walk around believing that someone else is responsible for helping them. Self-defense is the acknowledgement that if someone attacks me, only I can be relied on to protect me or the people I love, the people I'm with, the people I care about. If you aren't able to do it, there's not going to be someone there who can do it for you. And, you know, people are, oh, there's the police. Yeah. And the old saying is when, uh, when, you know, seconds count, the police are only minutes away. Uh, they may get there really fast. They are not going to get there fast enough to help you. So it's on you and developing the confidence to take responsibility for yourself and those you care about is the single greatest lesson that self-defense training and reality-based defense training and martial arts training can give you. Um, I've had the benefit of all these things, uh, traditional martial arts, more modern martial arts, uh, combatives, uh, reality-based self-defense, weapons training. I've had the benefit of all of this. It all works together, and it's taken me a long time to get to the point that I'm at. There are certainly shorter methods to achieve what is simply competence in, in self-protection. So, you know, I have lots of opinions about that, and I've been happy to share them with you uh, and will. But only you can take the step that is touching that door handle for the first time. Only you can decide, I'm going to be responsible for protecting myself. Some of you listening to this know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you are far better martial artists than me. A few of you listening to this may even be people who know that deep down you have embellished your martial arts credentials. You have laid claim to either ranks or training that you know deep down you don't really have or that you maybe took a few shortcuts on. I'm not criticizing you for that. I'm explaining to you that if you know that deep down in your soul, that you have to touch the door handle. You have to take the step that is having the confidence necessary to really learn, to really be a student, to truly know that you earned and acquired the knowledge to be able to protect yourself and defend yourself. I want that for you. I want you to be able to do that. Um, I want you to touch the door handle. I want you to take the first step towards being confident. Um, I think this is the single most important lesson that I ever learned in any of the training I ever did. And I'd love to be able to pass that on to you. So it is with pride that I explain to you that Chuck Norris cured my hypochondria. The martial arts can cure you too. Learning to defend yourself, learning to protect yourself, learning to protect others can help you too. But you've got to touch the door handle, which is the admission something's been wrong. I need to make it right. So that's that's your call. I'm, I'm no longer in the business of criticizing people or getting angry and shouting, you suck at people I don't agree with. Um, I've taken a much more positive approach to self-defense and the industry overall. And I'm a much happier person because of it. And there are some people I owe a debt of gratitude for that, for helping me to do that. They know who they are because I've thanked them already. There are friends I've lost in, in my journey uh, in becoming more confident, who were not able to be my friends except on their terms. I mourn their loss. Uh, in some ways, it's almost as if they're dead. And I'm sad about that. I think about it often. But 
confidence also says that I'm nobody's bitch. You will not force me to do something I cannot and will not do. And I'm not going to be somebody I'm not. I don't expect you to be somebody you're not either. I think the respect that every adult owes another adult is that everyone's responsible for their own choices. Um, I think two adults can be friends and disagree about things and walk away going, well, that guy's wrong. And the same is true of people who are merely acquaintances. It's okay to disagree with people. It's okay to think people are wrong. It doesn't have to be a life and death struggle. It doesn't have to be something that, you know, just weighs heavily on your mind, which it was on me. It was things like that were weighing heavily on my mind until I learned to let them go. So that is my, that is my hope for you and that is my wish for you. Touch the door handle. Take that first step. Um, and let Chuck Norris cure your hypochondria or whatever it is that ails you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.